0: Well, let's pray as we go to God's word. Lord, help us now as we go to your word that we would be those looking to hear your voice. And we pray that you would indeed speak to us. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew. And chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven. Our text is two verses, verse thirteen and fourteen of this chapter. Let's give our attention to God's word. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Enter by the narrow gate for there is, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it in these verses Jesus comes to the conclusion or application of the Sermon on the Mount that's this portion of scripture Matthew 5 seconds and 7 of course he's a sermon of Christ, the Sermon on the Mountain. This begins his application section. He is fundamentally urging you to action, to do something. Jesus' sermon is a sermon which is not simply meant to fill your head with a nice thought; is meant To change you, to make a difference and an impact in your life. Jesus presents a picture, and uh, you you children, particularly young children, um, can think about this picture uh, with me. The picture is of two gates. You might think of an old fashioned city gate, uh, of two gates. And beyond each of those gates on either side are roads or ways. And those roads lead to, do, to two different destinations. And this, of course, is symbolic of the decisions we make that lead to lifestyles that lead to either destruction or life. Jesus is calling for decision, he's calling for action. His command is enter in. That's how he starts this. Enter in by the narrow gate. Now, this could be and is quite properly applied to conversion. That that particular time in someone's life when the Holy Spirit changes them, and they embrace Christ by faith. But he doesn't necessarily need to only refer to conversion. Um, for us, uh, who are Christians, it's, it's not something that we can just say, that's in the past, I've, I've made that decision. But in a sense, uh, whether we pursue the way of destruction or the way of life is a decision that we make every single day. And therefore, this isn't just a text that you can say, been there, done that, checked it off the list. But something that, that very much speaks to you in your life today. Will we enter in? to the narrow gate will we continue in that difficult way that Christ is talking about if we have now Jesus presents two reasons in our attacks why we may not heed his counsel two reasons why we may not heed his counsel he presents them in the, the power of those reasons um, he shows why these things have a hold on the lives of people but then he also presents the foolishness of these reasons so in doing that he is subtly undermining them and this evening i'm going to follow the same pattern Uh, the two reasons are my two points and i hope to show you in each of those points the the power of these reasons why they do uh, hold people back from heeding Christ's counsel in this text but then also to show you the, the foolishness of these reasons why you should not fall prey to them so my title is enter in by the narrow gate enter in by the narrow gate and my two points are first the attraction of destruction gate the attraction of destruction gate and then secondly the challenge of life gate the challenge of life gate so first let's consider the attraction of destruction gate this first reason that Jesus presents is a reason why people may not enter in by the narrow gate and he says after he gives this command he says for wide is the gate and broad is the way uh, which leads to destruction and this wide gate brings you into a broad way the broad way of this world it's thinking it's attitudes its priorities the lifestyle that is shaped by those things, the habits of life that are shaped by the priorities of this world and the moral standards of this world you you get the picture of what I'm saying, This, this way is the way of worldliness now it's true that most of us find it easier to fit in rather than to to stick out. Most of us find it easier to fit in rather than to stick out. In my own life, uh, those of you who have known me longer will know that uh, I didn't always speak with the accent that I do. Um, That In fact, when I first came to this country, I sounded like someone from southwest Virginia in the United States. Um, But I... I changed that accent because I didn't like to stick out. Uh, because uh, if I walked into a shop and you looked at me, you couldn't necessarily tell that I was f- from South West Virginia. The problem was, as soon as I opened my mouth, you were in no doubt about the fact that I wasn't from here. Uh, and so I wanted to change that, um, so I would fit in. Uh, it, was, it was a desire to, to fit in, to, to fly under the radar, to not stick out, and. Many of us are like that to one extent or another. Uh, We find it easier to fit in rather than to stick out. We are social beings. We enjoy the affirmation and security of others. And so we want to fit in ourselves and we want others to fit in as well. So we want to fit in But we also want those around us to fit in rather than stick out. We see this at the moment in our society in the area of free speech. If someone has any sort of platform and they dare to say something that is not politically correct, uh, then they are... Crucified on social media, um, in in the normal media, uh, the the online mob, so to speak, goes after them to get them back into line. Um, even uh, people uh, who wouldn't be from a particularly Christian background um, saying things that are that are um, not politically correct find this to be true. You might think of J.K. Rowling, who, who spoke um, up for, for women's spaces in, in the transgender debate and uh, has been absolutely um, cancelled and crucified all over the place um, for that. But it also extends to ordinary people. Um, I remember when I was taking driving lessons in this country, Um, And I was talking about various things with my driving instructor and um, he was talking about how his son had made certain lifestyle choices um, in his relationships that you could tell he didn't really agree with. Um, But he he was afraid to say that because it was so politically incorrect. Um, you, you could tell actually his values were, were not like that but, but he was afraid to say that he thought uh, homosexuality was, was wrong for instance uh, because it, it's so against the grain it, it, it's so out of the norm today and so it don't, not only applies to those who have a platform but it applies to your average person we see it Um, in workplaces, we see it in families, we see it in schools and and friendship groups, not only in big issues of our society, but just um, how groups will exclude and marginalize and put down those who don't go with the flow. Why? Because we like to fit in and we like to force others around us to fit in as well. So people want to go along with the flow and they want to enforce the flow on others because it in turn reinforces themselves. And this is why this gate that leads to destruction is so wide. It's why the way beyond it is so broad. It must accommodate the mass of people in this world. It it must be wide enough and broad enough to accommodate uh, the generality of people. The wideness of the gate and the broadness of the way also emphasize the ease of this way. It is easy to go along with the crowd. There will be no resistance. Indeed, there will be help. Encouragement from friends, family, society, schools, uh, television programming, etc. And this is the attraction of Destruction Gate. You know, if you said to someone, do you want to go to destruction with me? Come on, I've got a destination that I'm going to. Come with me to destruction. I doubt that they would want to go with you. The attraction is, is not that the end is destruction. The attraction is that this is where everyone is going. This is where the tide of society is, is pulling people. This is where it is easy to go. And this is the, distra- the attraction of Destruction Gate. But of course, there is a catch. This gate leads to destruction. That's what Christ is saying. He's saying, you may not heed what I am telling you because there's a real pull to go along with everyone else. But you need to know that there is a danger in doing that. It may seem like the easy thing now. It may seem like even the wise thing now. But... It leads somewhere where you don't want to be. There's nothing inherently good about sticking out for sticking out's sake. But the course of this world, the course of society in general, is according to the prince of the power of the air, we're told in Scripture. That is, it's according to the devil, the one who first rebelled against God, and who makes it his business to seek to oppose God and his ways in every way he can, and to drag as many people with him as possible. It's according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. It's characterized by the lust of our flesh, or the the desire of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh And of the mind. Doesn't that describe society as a whole? Fulfilling our desires. In fact, today they've even put it up on a pedestal as as a good and virtuous thing. uh, So that uh, they can encourage many more people down this broad way. This world is fundamentally at enmity against God, His people and His ways. This means that to go along with the crowd of this world is to go against God. To go along with the crowd of this world is to go against God. And to go against God will ultimately and always lead to destruction. He is the king of this universe and he will have the final say. My question for you tonight is simply, have you come face to face with that? Perhaps you're here uh, for various reasons uh, tonight. Have you come face to face with the fact that going along with the thinking, the attitudes, the priorities, the lifestyle, the habits of this world is against God and will lead you to destruction? Perhaps you are a a covenant child here tonight. You outwardly conform to all the ways of of God, but inwardly, actually, you're going along with the world. You're going through that wide gate and along that broad way. That's where your heart is. And, And you naturally drink in the attitudes of the world rather than those of Christ and his people. You, as much as possible, shape your life by the priorities of the world. And when you're able, when you're out of your parents' house, you will make that clear in your lifestyle. Have you come face to face with the fact that it's not just neutral doing that, that puts you against God and He will have the last say? For those of us who are believers, we need to remember this in stark terms because things can become fuzzy in our minds and we can forget that actually going along with the world really does lead to destruction. And therefore we become less bold about the truth. We sort of bend it. A little bit. We think, oh, it's not that big a deal. Um, just sort of differences of a, of opinion. We can even, as many in the church sadly do in our day, try to sort of conform as much as possible with the world and it and its ways and, and thinking and attitudes. Um, it's kind of going as much to the limit as as possible without clearly breaking the scriptures. And it's because we forget. That, that there's no neutrality here, that, that really that, that way of the world is, is not just harmless, it's not just neutral, it, it leads to destruction. We need to be reminded of that. This uh, broad way that's so common, uh, this wide gate which is easy, uh, is destructive. But then, on the other hand, there is this gate that is narrow and leads to a difficult way, but a way that ultimately leads to life. This is life gate, if you will. And this is where Christ is urging us to enter. But there's another reason why you might not do that. There are challenges associated with this way. And that's why my second point is the challenge of life gate. Children, if you have a Bible in front of you, what does Christ say about this gate and about this way? What characterizes this gate and this way? Do you notice it's, it's that the, the gate is narrow. Or it's exclusive. That means uh, it, it can't take in the, the broad generality. Um, it can only, perhaps for the sake of argument, take in one at a time. A, a smaller amount. This way, what characterizes it? It's difficult. Narrowness, difficulty. Exclusivity, difficulty. Are what characterizes this gate, and this way. And sometimes people are put off by this. But this fits the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has been laying out the high standards of life in his kingdom. He has applied God's law to the internal person of each man woman and child, saying it's not enough just to outwardly conform to God's law, say, to not murder, but we must also apply it to our internal selves that we wouldn't even hate someone. He's called us to genuine lives of piety, taking the, the pillars of piety at that time, things like prayer and, and tithing and, and fasting and show again how it's not just an outward thing but but it's something uh, that is between us and God and is to be done from the heart he's shown how godliness applies radically to major parts of our lives like our money, our worry, our judgment of others he's in all of these ways been setting the standard high so this characterization of of the narrow gate and the difficult way fit that picture. It also fits the way the rest of the scriptures speak about the Christian life. In Acts, Paul and Barnabas went out around the Mediterranean world and they planted churches. And then they went back and they encouraged those churches in the faith. One of the things they said was that we must through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. It says in Acts 14.22 that Paul and Barnabas strengthened the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Both this difficulty and open exclusivity are unpo- unpopular. But they are part of the Christian life. The Christian life is exclusive because the only way to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's hard because naturally we want to be our own masters. Naturally we want to go our own way. We have uh, within us the traitor of, of the flesh going against God's way. We have outside of us like we've already seen the the world pulling us in a different direction we have the devil um, seeking to undermine us and difficulty and exclusivity are unpopular today they are considered highly undesirable by most people today inside and outside the church yet Popular opinion cannot change the fact that the gospel is exclusive and that the Christian life is full of trials and difficulties if we choose to be led by popular opinion and be kept from the narrow gate by its narrowness or the difficulty of the way to which it brings us we will be losers, we will be left out of life there are few who find it there's a warning here make sure you are one of the few don't assume that you will enter in now it's right that we say that every person that Christ chooses regenerates, justifies sanctifies, he will see through to the end but it's right for us to examine ourselves. It's also right to say that there will be a great multitude before the throne as we read in Revelation. But there is also an exclusivity to life that Christ is stressing here. And unlike so many things today, we can't just change these things because we don't like them. You know, we live in a world unlike our forefathers where if we don't like something, we can just change it. Uh, if we don't like something, we complain loud enough about it and we, we force everyone around us to, to change it. So we don't have to deal with it. But these things are different. These things are from God himself and, and we can't just change the exclusivity of Christ or the difficulty of the Christian life. There are few who find this gate. However, there's also a positive way to think about this exclusivity and difficulty. I flew to Zurich recently, as you know, and both flights were on smaller aircrafts and the first class was just separated by a curtain from the rest of us and so... It was announced that they were getting a meal while we were just getting a water bottle or snack or something like that. Um, There was many of us, few of the people beyond the curtain. Um, And that was a wonderful thing for them. They were an exclusive group, right? And that that was a really good thing uh, for them. It was a wonderful thing. Uh, We also know that things worth doing are often hard building something, investing in relationships over the long haul. We all know that things that are harder to do are often more valuable rather than things that are are relatively easy to do. And this is why I've chosen the word challenge for this point, the challenge of life gate. Because not only is it a challenge as in a warning to say uh, make sure that you're one of the few make sure you're really in Christ make sure you're resting on Christ alone make sure you have an interest in Christ but it's also a challenge uh, for us to meet a, a challenge for us to to meet to to overcome as it were and to say that We are a part of those people. We are a part of that exclusive club, as it were, that Christ has made to be his own by grace. Um, To be a, a part of those people who trod that difficult road and finally enter into life. The Christian life may be a challenge, but it is a challenge worth pursuing. A challenge worth pursuing. And so so far from this difficulty and narrowness putting us off, it should encourage us. Encourage us by God's grace to pursue Christ through this narrow gate and along this difficult way. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it of ourselves at all, actually. It's all of God's grace. But we are to pursue it. Enter in, Christ says. Christ says, decide to come to him. Decide to live for him each and every day when you get up. And there's a number of implications, I think, for us here. One is that if we are going to enter in by the narrow gate and follow this difficult road which leads to life, then we need to set in our minds that self-denial and discomfort are part of the Christian life. We need to put away from us the idea that that we can sort of bump along easily to heaven. It's just not true. Uh, If we're going to pursue Christ like this, we need to be ready for discomfort, and we need to deny ourselves. We need to be comfortable with the exclusivity of Christianity. It's unpopular, but we, we need to embrace it. Christianity is exclusive. We need to boldly stand on the truth. Now Christ here speaks with confidence and authority because he knows his message is true. He can say the, the vast crowd of people are rushing to their destruction down that broad way. And he can say, that yes, the way is difficult, but it leads to life. Come follow me to life. That's, that's not a seeker-sensitive message. That's not making the gospel attractive. But he can boldly say these things because he knows that they're true. And we need to be like that as well. We need to boldly hold forth the gospel because it is true. Not, not trying to, to make it attractive to the world apart from the truth that Christ offers life and truly does offer it. You must be willing to be different. We're not going to be able to overcome the the tide of the world rushing through that broad gate if we're not willing to be different. We need to ask God for the grace to be willing, not arrogantly or, or insensitively, but humbly, winsomely, to be different from those around us to stick out we need to be living in relationship with God through Jesus Christ by his spirit all these things will be impossible to us if we're trying to just do it in our own strength the only way to enter in by that narrow gate is to entrust oneself to Jesus Christ to say I'm not good enough to, to be accepted by God I need the the perfect life of Christ, which he uh, lived for all those who believe in him. I need his death applied to me so that my rebellion against God will be wiped away. And I need his spirit to be in me and to be changing me. We need a living relationship with God through Jesus Christ by the Spirit. And we need Christian community. Part of the pull of this world is that everybody is rushing down that broad way. And if we are going to resist that, increasingly today in a society where the difference between the church and the world is becoming greater, if we are going to resist that tide to go along with the world we are going to need Christian community and that's an encouragement to all of us to be investing in each other to be building that here in our church so that, that we can be locking arms together as it were through that narrow gate and along that difficult way, encouraging one another picking each other up pointing each other again to Christ and to life so let's invest first and foremost in our living relationships with the Lord and secondly in each other as we build real Christian community enter in by the narrow gate because it leads to life let's pray Lord God we pray that we would heed Christ's command here and Lord we pray that we would not be thrown off by the tide of this world nor by the difficulty and exclusivity of the way to life but rather that we would be captured by you by the work of your spirit either for the first time or afresh and that we would know true living relationship with you and grow in it that we would live in community and uh, that we would be those who enter in by the narrow gate and follow that difficult way but a way which leads to life everlasting we pray it in Christ's name, Amen <coughs>